gosh, you just think about the variety of, of life forms on earth, right? Like we have some pretty wicked looking things on this planet. You have a giraffe. Yeah. I mean, what the heck is that? <laughs> like, have you ever thought to yourself, I could write a book on that. Knowing you have great stories, but also accepting you'll probably never write it. But now you can join us, a couple of regular guys telling our stories and hoping you'll share yours. My name is Derek. My co-host is Mark. And this is I Could Write a Book. Yo, everyone. Welcome to book four of the I Could Write a Book podcast. Just wanted to start out by saying that we really appreciate any of you that have been listening so far. Please follow I could write a book podcast so that way you know when we have new episodes coming out. Also, don't forget about our social medias and so you can reach out to us. It's Twitter, we have at ICWB Pod. And then, of course, we also have our email address that's ICWB Podcast at gmail.com. Derek, sorry, I just wanted to get that out of the way, man. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm good, man. It, it sounds like you've gone commercial. So you, you've you went for it. Uh, we are now clawing our way to the top, and, and that's how we have to do it. So we've sold out, everybody, and uh, we need you to help us sell out. All right? We got to do it together. So uh, so anything we can do to get those rates and uh, those those thumbs up, uh, smashing the like button or whatever you want to call it, definitely going to be helpful as we go forward. So yeah, just want to let everybody know we are, we are in the commercialism world now. <laughs> got to be, man. <laughs> Got to be. I mean, you know, and uh, I know that I've gone on to a couple of the platforms because, of course, the, like I use Spotify, right? I, I mostly use Spotify, but I also um, I know that you prefer to listen to a lot of your pat your uh, excuse me, your podcasts on Apple Podcasts. So I was checking out that app and seeing like how you can follow a particular podcast and that you can also put in like. Uh, like a star rating on i guess an episode as well as if you wanted to put in like a review comment and i thought that was yeah. pretty cool um and i actually uh, i'm guilty i'm guilty i i you know i gave our our show five stars of course i'm a little biased but <laughs> uh, oh, i was just yeah. trying it out you know but i thought that was pretty cool and i just wanted to make sure that you know any of any of our listeners out there that are listening to us that they know that that really really helps us out a lot um, because one thing that actually stood out to me about Spotify, and I think we actually talked about this before was whenever we first started like putting our episodes on Spotify, if you searched for our podcast, it wouldn't like list it at the top, right? You had to like really dig down, like scroll for a while to find that I could write a book podcast. So I feel like the more, um, people that, you know, give whatever ratings they can or, you know, reviews, whatever it may be. We really appreciate it, first of all. And then second of all, it'll kind of help with, um, especially if you follow, then you don't even have to worry about scrolling through all the madness. You just, you have us there ready to go and you know when new episodes come out. So that's right. my that's my pitch for that. So Yeah, now in the next episode that we do, so uh, we're going to be teaching everybody step-by-step -step on how to create burner accounts. So that you can like and review us yeah. multiple times. And so uh, just, you know, stay tuned uh, and we will walk you through that step by step and help us get to the top. All right. So yeah, we need uh, all the bots, bot accounts, all the bot accounts, <laughs> create them all. That's right. That's right. Because 
uh, what's going to happen is, is that eventually, uh, see, I need a place where I can do this, um, uh, this podcast. I am outside right now on the porch. Uh, there's just a cricket that started chirping over here, and I'm hoping nobody can hear it. So I've got people still playing outside across the street. I've got crickets going, and I'm outside on my porch. And hey, so, uh, we need ambiance, we man. <laughs> got a little ambiance going there. Yeah, absolutely. So you were, um, we were just discussing teenage daughter going to middle school dance and the adjustments of uh, a father or a parent going from, you know, raising, you know, a little girl to now she's growing up. And we were, we were talking about that a little bit. And, it makes you think a lot about life in general, right? And a lot of people have their perception on what the meaning of life is. And I think that kind of, I guess I'm trying a little bit here to bring us into what our topic is today. I guess I'm kind of yeah. throwing you to the wolves here a little bit, but I'll let you kind of explain like, you know, what we're think, what we want to talk about today. You know, I think um, as we get into this book here, man, it's one of these things, you know, the first couple we've really had, um, I think, some funny topics. You know, we've really been talking about things in our lives that crack us up, things that might be funny. But, you know, this podcast is really, uh, it's got a lot of agility to it. I mean, we can go through so many different ways. And I was thinking about different things. And, you know, you bring up a good point about just kids growing up right like my daughter doing that dance tonight and your little girl you don't want to think about her getting older and liking boys but no not ready it's such a it's such a natural progression i feel um you know i always felt like i wasn't ready for how would i get ready you know what would happen and you know it wasn't like a magical you know snap of the finger it was just over time I think you just know that it's coming and it does take years to sort of soften yourself to that. And so the amount of time it takes for them to grow up is the amount of time it takes for you to get ready for it. But when it's there, you're just suddenly you're just appreciating their experience that they have. Like when they just melt over holding someone's hand, you want to, kind of take someone behind the barn and beat a little boy up you know <laughs> but at the same time you got you have a barn time, though, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. back behind the chicken coop yeah so there's plenty the of screws time, and nails that you could use with that. yes yeah and uh you know and at the same time you just feel like it's not like that serious you don't have to be mad at every little boy but what you do have to do is embrace the feelings that your kid is having even if it's a little girl and just say you know i'm excited that you're getting to experience these things and thank you for experiencing them responsibly you know that's the important thing is that you can't keep the kids from experiencing these things it's just instilling responsibility and when it's something Mm -hmm. as innocent as holding hands and you know it makes her melt it's just like you know, what can I do? I can give her a hug and kiss her on the forehead and just embrace it. And that aspect so, of it is so eye opening too. with us. You know, we were the guys back then. We were we were the boys that, 
you know, the dads were probably wanting to take us, you know, out back and beat us up, rough us up a little bit and be like, you better take good care of my daughter kind of thing, you know, right. So we, we were those, it's, it's eye opening as fathers of daughters now and being able to see just how much holding a hand means to a young girl like that, like for you to tell me about your daughter and and how excited she was about that feeling and that moment, like, you know, yeah, like I can remember being a a teenage boy and and holding a girl's hand and getting, you know, some butterflies, but I, I won't, I wouldn't say that like afterwards I sat there and thought deeply about that. Oh yeah, but they do. Yeah. Oh my god, they do. <laughs> yeah, and that's so like so crazy to hear you talk about that. And you know, I've known your daughter since she was a toddler, and so I kind of, you know, I I have a toddler now, right? So I'm getting to kind of like watch you experience these things, and I I try to pick up on some things because I feel like you know, you do an awesome job. And when what you said earlier about, you know, her doing, getting to experience these things responsibly and being proud of her for doing those things, right? Like you're, you're doing this. So like, obviously nobody's got this perfect, right? Nobody's got the no perfect way, way no to way. raise a teenager, especially a teenage girl. But man i i gotta give you kudos i feel like the methods you're using are really good because you don't want to be that and and this is no offense to anybody that may be a little bit more strict about things but i feel like by you having the approach that you have you're not pushing her away you're not isolating her and making her feel like she can't enjoy these things and feel comfortable and confident to come talk to you about how she's feeling about holding a boy's hand like that's that's super precious and i I feel like you're you're doing really great with that so yeah i appreciate it but you know just as much as it may be my theory you know i got a teammate here so you know my my wife and i we we take that in stride and yeah, I actually think she might she might be taking things like I think she might be taking things harder than I do. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. Do not get me wrong. I have some traditional things that I do as a dad. Now, I'll let you in on one little secret that I have. A couple things. Before she can try to call somebody uh, her boyfriend, he has to come and have dinner with us. And so that's just a deal we've made. She mm-hmm. agreed to that. I think it's reasonable. And yeah. so um, here's the other thing. Now, I don't sit there with a gun, you know, cleaning a gun and that old fashioned scare tactic, right? <laughs> yeah. But this is what I tell her. And this is the message that she delivers to the boy. Is that if they are going to, quote unquote, date or spend time together or be a boyfriend and girlfriend. He needs to understand how precious she is and how every word that comes out of his mouth should be polite and caring. Because for every nasty word or insult that comes out of his mouth and hurls in her direction, I will find him, take a razor blade, 
and cut a scar inside of the bottom of his lip for every single nasty thing he ever says to her. So for the rest of his life, he will remember every nasty thing he ever said about that little girl. Wow. By the scars on his lip. That's, that's, a, little, that's that, a little unnerving. <laughs> that's what I do. All right. Goodness gracious. So, <clears throat> oh, my gosh. I think I would rather uh, walk into a dad cleaning a gun than hear that. <laughs> I know. And she delivered that message. Okay? Because, you know, I'm not telling a 13-year-old boy all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But he understands. And, and look, and I don't really think you got to tell a lot of 13-year-old boys anything because I remember being that age and whenever I had to see somebody's dad, it was intimidating enough. Forget it. Forget it. I did not want to run into a dad. But as an adult, gentlemen in the future, watch yourself. Because if you say something rude, you're going to end up with scars on that lip. <laughs> That's so intense. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're making yeah. me sweat over here, man. And I don't <laughs> like. So, but uh, I mean, having kids, little girls, I mean, those experiences right there, they just just part of life dude. and and i think just gotta embrace things like that um but anyway i feel like i just needed to say that um you know some parents some dads really intimidate by having that gun out you know cleaning their gun or talking about you know i'll take the kid out back with this gun or whatever for me my intimidating thing is just much more intimate than that i will I will threaten to uh, make sure that every nasty word that crosses your lips uh, about my daughter uh, will result in a scar so that you remember every nasty thing you ever said about her. And I think that that's a very intimidating threat. Yeah. Uh, though they are young kids, so I don't think uh, that I, I won't actually do I won't actually do that <laughs> until until they're 18. Uh, at which point then uh, they better watch their mouth. But, you know, we were we were talking about some things that, you know, that's that's a really deep emotional kind of thing. And we were talking about earlier some of the some of the deep things in life uh, that, that go on. And like you said, kind of the meaning of life. And so you know, we we've had some conversations in the past and just about. Like things that people ask themselves, right? What normal people talk about, I don't know, outside at a campfire or sitting on your back porch, yeah. you know, as you're looking up at the sky, what's going on out there? Yeah. So as we move into this conversation, uh, you once had told me this story. I think it was about um, what, what if there was other life out there that could just basically, I, I don't know, like just change form. Yeah. But we look out of the sky and you just think, could there be other life out there? What is going on out there in space? And those, that thought sort of just, just kind of takes you off into this little space. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things to think about. Cause like there's, it's almost like a, like a game of, of what ifs when you're talking about it. And I mean, you, we have, there, there's a lot of things that are known you know, because of what we've learned from our immediate vicinity, you know, in space. But there's still just 
like I enjoy the topic because of of the what ifs and the and the cool little things that you can think about and you know along the lines of other life forms out there and and what they could be like and if there's other life forms similar to us like that kind of stuff is very intriguing to think about because gosh you just think about the variety of, of life forms on earth right like we have some pretty wicked looking things on this planet you have a giraffe yeah. i mean what the heck is that <laughs> like i'm sure if like some other life form were to ever visit earth and they set their eyes on a giraffe they're gonna be like what the heck is this thing let alone like they may be that way about everything i'm sure but still it's like <laughs> hey so this is we this is our chat this chapter is titled if other life forms this part of our podcast is titled if other life forms visit earth okay we shouldn't be so much freaked out about them what what things do we have that would freak them the heck out? <laughs> what things do we have that would freak them out okay yeah giraffes yeah giraffes what the hell is that <laughs> or I mean, or just like happen to just stumble upon like a, watching like a lion take down a gazelle and then just a pack of them swarming in and devouring the gazelle like <laughs> an alien had to just if an alien ever witnessed that it would just be like what what is this planet gonna, imagine imagine an alien just walks up on a like a silverback gorilla or like a, a grizzly bear <laughs> and i mean yeah like just the strongest creatures right it would just take them out i think i just yeah i think we have plenty of things on the planet that would just freak out any other life form but you know before we go before we go off on it you know another tangent i know i have my answer but if you had to if you were hooked up uh to a i don't know like a like a truth serum or like a lie detector tester or just you don't have to be hooked up to any of that stuff. Is there other life in the universe beside us on some rock like we're on? Do you truly believe, yes or no, that there is other types of life in the universe? With how vast and expanding everything is, and we're talking hundreds of billions of galaxies right so with that in mind i i would say that uh if i'm hooked to a lie detector test as you say my truthful answer would be that i believe that there is um yeah. life out there and not just life but I, I think there's life similar to what we what we have here on earth around wow, similar to us like I, I don't even venture to guess what else there could be, but I think I would have to give the same answer. I can't imagine with all of the other, like you said, stars with its own planet system around it, there has to be another planet, an, another giant rock, similar distance away from a star, and a star that's similar in size to our sun. Like, these things, it, like, the similarity has to be out there somewhere. There's too many. For yeah. me, I don't see how it's possible that there isn't another rock out there that has generated life like ours, whether it was now 
or billions of years ago or a billion years ago or however old you believe, you know, that, that the universe is believed to be. That's just an incredible thought. Like, I, I feel like it has to be there somewhere. Yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree because, I mean, I I agree, but I also believe that the type of life that we have here is also rare. But when you compare it to how large everything is, is it really rare? Maybe it's just rare in like a relative distance from us, right? But maybe really far out. There could just be like a cluster of like several solar systems with life, you know, on planets that are similar to ours that are closer to each other where they actually can communicate with each other a lot easier than what we're able to communicate with any possible life out there. Right. Because of just how yeah. large everything is. So in relative to our, like our, our surroundings, I feel like our type of life is obviously rare or else we would have stumbled across something, you know, more concrete by now. But with how, you know, we've talked about how large everything is. I, I feel like somewhere out there, there's going to be some some setups where life forms are closer and able to com- to uh, com- communicate more. Uh, I'm sure compete in some way or be cooperative in some way. There's there's no telling, man. It's so cool to think about. So cool to think about. Yeah, imagine we're just imagine we're just out on like the outer rim of things compared to like yeah what if there are other planetary systems that are already communicating together like the technology is there because life formed on that planet before ours and like they are communicating i I mean like i know there's contradictory views on these things but for me and, and you and we're just thinking about how vast everything is and and that doesn't even that doesn't even we haven't even asked the question like why does the universe exist in the first place like how did it get here when did it really start like and what is it even inside of like the universe is here but like doesn't it have to be inside something if we're inside it i mean like that just is mind-blowing anyway but then to think that like we're just like maybe a lesser life form and there's others that could go planet to planet and are already competing or helping each other is just i don't know (laughs) i mean look even if you just think about our own planet like you like you alluded to earlier like if they did visit us maybe they would be strange looking too but like you said maybe they would see an anteater and be like oh my god what is going on in this planet (laughs) maybe that's what's taking them so long to actually communicate with us they're just like oh hold hold on a second we gotta we gotta figure this crap out first before we just go showing our faces and and if you were to if you were to flip this right like say if we were to discover another just like planet that's just booming with life right i don't think that you know, human beings would want to just jump right in there and be like, Hey, what's happening? <laughs> like no. we're from earth. What's your name? No, we would probably be discreet. Yeah. Do, do you think that, that if we did ever discover that, that they would collect uh, uh, human being bodies and you know how we make movies where aliens have come to visit and then they like, have their bodies in those like tubes of water right and they like <laughs> on display like keeping them from decomposing 
I feel like, you know, if we ever did that and somebody crash landed, they would just like collect us or, or it just, I, I don't know what they would do, but it's just, it is incredible to think about. And if we did do that, I think we would probably go close and then we would probably not quite stop, right? Like you said, we would observe from a distance. And, and sometimes, you know, you look out at the sky and you just see strange things in the sky going across and yeah, sometimes it's a satellite or a plane, but then other times you just see like, man, what was that? Man, how, I can't explain what that was. And maybe we're being observed. Who knows? So Who this, knows? this brings me to a, like a, the next question that I, I can ask you here. Do you believe that if you were connected to a lie detector test or whatever, do you believe that aliens have visited Earth and that some of these videos that spread amongst platforms that we have access to of showing possible sightings do you long, long story short do you do you believe that aliens have possibly visited earth already no i i don't think there has been i i think that i think that you can i think there are things that you can't explain just because we don't know things just because we don't know anything about anything right and especially not people like you and i and all the regular people probably listening to us uh, we don't really know much about anything. However, I don't genuinely think that we have been visited by any other life forms. I think people are just have become creative. I think we, you know, we think things up and with the technology we have these days, you know, with with just Photoshop and, you know, just creating anything. Uh, I, I think these videos are all sort of made up for the most part and can be explained away. Again, it's it's interesting because I, I believe that it's nearly impossible that there's not other life in the universe because of how vast it is. But I don't think, honestly, we've been visited. So uh, that's I think that's the answer that would come up truth for me is, no, I, I don't believe the videos. If we haven't been visited by another life form, I would believe that. And I feel like there would be a better possibility of us being visited by another life forms like artificial intelligence before we actually got like actually visited by them. So I feel like if these things that have been seen, right, I feel like it's a better chance of better odds that it's some kind of technology, non-living life form, artificial intelligence, whatever you want to call it, drones something i have, i feel like there's a better chance that it's something like that than an actual living breathing yeah. or whatever but you know probably so and I, and some and then at some point i think you know we have limitations of our imagination of what it could be like the way you're just describing it like what could visit it's like it could also be nothing like that because our imagination of things are limited to only the things we can conceive and the ways that we would be visited. Mm -hmm. There's just no telling what other, and we call it technology, you know, advancements, whatever the word is for, right? There's just no telling how far along some other planetary system is. And so, yeah, like something that we would think of as electronic or the way that our electronics operate it may just be something completely different someplace else if if that does exist. And, and to be honest with you, 
like, you know, we talk about technology and stuff and, and how advanced we think we are, like you said, you know, drones or, or, you know, the things that we can do, but dude, at, at the same time, like we haven't even like been across even a fraction of our own ocean. Like, like we can't even think about, you know, going other places with technology and we can't even develop a submarine that is with, with the technology to propel itself in a way to get to the very bottom of the oceans and create enough of them to explore the entire ocean. It's like secluded to like one type of, you know, I don't know how many different submarines are out there that can actually explore the depths of the ocean. But it seems like for us to even be able to have the, even the attempt to go further out into space to maybe check on things like this, that we would have the technology to just mass produce something that could easily get to the bottom of the ocean. Right? We don't even know what's in, in most of the ocean. I mean, heck, we, we know of giant squid, but how many of those things have you know truly been seen? You know, it's like, what else is down there? And think about the bottoms of the ocean, like what the heck else could be down there that just never comes up because it can't depressurize. You know, the pressure it can't come up above a certain level because it's just been at the bottom of the ocean this whole you know forever. I mean, there's there's creatures in the ocean like a, there's I think there's like a shark or something, uh, a Greenland something or other that can live to be like 400 years old, and, and I'm thinking of like things in history that we read about that this creature would have been alive during like the american you know the revolutionary war like there are sea creatures fish that were this large animal that i'm thinking of from greenland something i'm gonna have, i'm gonna look it up in just a second <laughs> you know they could live to be 400 years old and i'm thinking good night this thing was alive whenever we were fighting for our independence you know <laughs> Like the Civil War, I'm like, some of these creatures in the ocean live so long. What could be at the very bottom depths? You know, what truly could be down there? We, we can't even explore our ocean, let alone figure out what's in space. And don't even get me started on whether or not we went to the moon. Well, you can stick to the ocean for a minute if you have any thoughts on that. <laughs> well, I mean... I think you covered it pretty well. There's definitely some pretty sketchy, sketchy creatures down there that we don't know a lot about. And then you're right. It's, it's a vast unknown that we're still exploring and we could, yeah, we could put a lot more resources towards it. I'm sure. And I'm sure there's a lot of scientists out there that are begging for that. It's almost kind of like a, I don't know, I guess maybe it's like a, the, the shiny new thing of, distractions of all these different things to to study and figure out and you know maybe outer space has just got that more of a alluring factor to it of gosh like like we're talking like sitting outside and looking up at the sky and just being you know just in shock and amazed at how small and insignificant you can feel when you really think about it maybe that's just so much more attractive to think about for people that that's why we tend to focus more outward instead of focusing inward and you know and that's not to speak for everybody i'm you know like i said i'm sure there's scientists out there and people out there that are begging for for more exploration of things like the depths of the ocean so it's definitely an interesting thing to think about okay listen to this that's that fish that i was talking to you about listen to listen to this it's a greenland shark okay 
Like, this is stuff that blows my mind to think about this. This Greenland shark reaches sexual maturity at 156 years old. Okay. All right. Think about this for a second. All right. The old and, and the oldest shark in, in the sample that was taken says that it is somewhere between 272 and 512 years old. Taking a midpoint, they're estimating the oldest Greenland shark at the age of 392 years old, which means that the oldest shark studied that is still alive could have been born as early as 1501. Like, that's incredible. At 392 years? And I can't, that's, I mean, 20, this shark could be, grow to be 24 feet long. 24 feet? Good night. Yeah. Seven meters and weigh up to 2,600 pounds. Or, for our international listeners, 1,200 kilograms. So, there you go. I'll throw that one out to you guys. I mean, this is just, this is mind-blowing, man. Like, a 512-year-old fish in the ocean. What else could be down there? My mind is blown when I think about how old that is. And the fact that, like, again, you know, I'm reading here, like, it's talking about Christopher Columbus' famous expedition to the Americas. Like, it's right in that same area. I mean, what else was happening in the 1500s? That's like the Dark Ages or something. I mean, there were like knights jousting each other in England, probably, or whatever the heck was going on. Like, incredible. Yeah, I'm trying to find some stuff here. Uh, Relative events. It looks like sometime in the 1500s. Like, here's just an example. Michelangelo. Michelangelo. Uh, it says Michelangelo returns to his native Florence to begin work on the statue David. That's the oh. the statue of the dude standing up, kind of leaning over, and he's got his business all hanging out. Yeah, I mean the statue David being conceived the day a, a Greenland shark's being conceived, and both of them are still around. Isn't that incredible? That is absolutely <laughs> incredible. Gosh, like, but dude, that that's just the stuff that. It is it is really mind blowing to think about. I mean, I, I just I love watching stuff about the ocean. I love seeing things, you know, that they discover. But honestly, like our technology, while we think, wow, look at the advances, look what we have, it's an it, it, so it's it's at an inflection point, you know, where we have so much of it, but yet at the same time, it's nothing compared to what we need. The human race is going to continue to push to do other things and eventually use all the resources. And if there is other life form in the universe, surely some of them are also space exploring. So I, I don't know that those are just, those are just some things that really, I think a lot of people have conversations about. And again, it is, you know, you go into all these different areas of where that leads you into. And, and I just, just sit in awe sometimes at it and, then you bring yourself back to reality and you say, you know, all that stuff is interesting to think about, but yeah, you, know, you got to try to enjoy the here and now what's right in front of you sometimes. Yeah, you're right about that, man. But I feel like since the beginning of time, humans have just explored, right? So 
you were talking about Christopher Columbus, you know, you, you think about the urge that you get to like be outdoors and, and how, how good it feels to just like be outside or like, you know, go on the, go on a hike in the woods or something like that and just explore. And, and, you know, so like we just have, it's almost like we just have this natural instinct of wanting to explore for more, wanting more. Right. So yeah, it's just bound, Mm -hmm. bound to happen where we start exploring a lot more and probably gathering resources from nearby planets like Mars and stuff. You either, you know, start setting up civilizations on these planets or bring in resources back to Earth from them or whatever, you know? Yeah. All right, here's something else to think about. So one of the things that people talk about a lot is, is, is te- like we've been talking about technology. People mention a lot of this, the pyramids. All right. So people are still talking about how they don't understand how the pyramids were built and that there's these theories that it was just all these Egyptians, right? And, and, uh, you know, just pulling these massive stones hundreds of miles and up these inclines that are nearly impossible and this perfect alignment. And now they're finding tunnels up inside of it and underneath it. What of what about the possibility that technology ha- that technology in the past uh, we again we can only conceive of certain things happening at certain times, but how do like what if technology was so advanced that you know these types of things could be built and something just happened that just like wiped out evidence of that extreme technology. You know, I, I don't know what it would be and, and what, how different it would be. Cause I can't even conceive of it, but you know, there are questions as to how human beings actually were able to build something like that. You know, and it is, it's almost like, did they have a technology that we can't even fathom? And it's just, it just went away over time and something happened and we basically had to start over again, you know, and now we're building our way back up and we still have these just remnants of this old uh, technology. And we only guesstimate at how old it is and how old this stuff is. But, and I don't know, I, I'm sure there's somebody somewhere that thinks they've proven how the pyramids were built, but, there's also a lot of question about it. And I think it's amazing that they're there and they're still discovering things about it. It just goes to show that human beings are capable of some amazing things. The pyramids are amazing. And there's definitely some theories out there that maybe aliens came and helped build them. But at the same time, you know, we very well could have done that with some amazing technology that we had back then that has somehow been forgotten. There's, there's no telling. You're right, man. Pyramids are definitely amazing. And the technology that we are developing in such a short amount of time, it's crazy. It's crazy to think about. I have a different theory that I've been thinking about. It's not space-related or anything, but it's just something that I think about as we move forward in time. It's, it's around like technology as well, but with cars. So there are self-driving cars now 
that are going across the U.S., semi-trucks going across the United States without a driver, cars driving themselves. Okay, you have programs where you have groceries delivered to your house. There have been drone tests with some of these things. There are tech, there's technology every day taking jobs from people. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um I have a theory that people will stop purchasing cars because they won't need them. And it's because everything would be delivered through the mail. Or hell, there's Uber Eats right now, but pretty soon there's going to be a car driving around with no one in it. Right? There's going to be somebody load at the restaurant, there's going to be a robot make this meal and hand it out and just place it into this car. And it's just going to drive to your house. Okay. Then there's probably like one person like overseeing the restaurant to make sure something doesn't malfunction. Yeah. But, but people won't have any place to go for work. So they won't even be able to afford it. Cause we'll be like on government, like, like stipends or whatever, because there won't be jobs. And so people won't buy cars. They won't need to buy cars because they don't have to go anywhere. And so if they do need to travel anywhere, they just rent a car. Because if you don't have a car payment, you're saving all that money anyway. You can rent a car for two weeks and it would be anything for you. I like this so, theory. I like this theory because like you can almost think of like so our major highway systems that we use now, right? Could one day evolve into being just strictly for self-driving vehicles self-delivering vehicles right and then the only thing that humans involve are involved with it is almost like picturing it as like just just giant assembly line right and if the assembly line goes down somewhere then we get involved and work on it so like these major highways are just like automated vehicles whipping around and moving and delivering things yeah. and if there's like a wreck then that's when humans get involved like okay we got to shut it down this particular you know, lane this particular highway so we can get, you know, all this automated stuff back up and operational, yeah. get it cleaned up and then bam, it's back and going again. And you're right. Like we could all just be chilling at whatever, wherever we want to be. And, and then we have our separate forms of transportation that we use outside of these automated transportation highways for yeah. delivery and stuff. And, and if there's an accident on the highway, somebody goes flying in on their jetpack. Okay, because obviously jetpacks are coming. Oh, yeah. All right. There are people in Europe that are testing them. Like, you can see, you can watch videos on it. Someone flies in on their jetpack. They sort of get things under control. Someone comes flying in in a helicopter, attaches whatever vehicle has messed up the, the trans, you know, the, the, whatever's going on. And they simply lift it out of the way. It goes on the way it should there was a guy that flew a jetpack from like france to england recently like he flew across the the, the english like the channel there even i, I just no, heard that about was, that. That, was, that was the new iron man movie that was just a, a preview bud no 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 <laughs> are, you, are you no this is this is legit this is legit yeah 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 I think there was a guy, I think it was in the Netherlands, uh, that was like trying to perfect like a jetpack. Um, and then they had a, a vehicle. Um, I think it, it was something that it was either a, 
a it was a car that turned into a boat, which I know is a thing that you know has been out there a little bit. Um, but I actually think this was a more of a flying contraption, like a helicopter, and you know it could land and it could sort of like uh, fold up its propellers and sort of like bring them inside like a convertible roof that goes up and down right Mm -hmm. and these propellers could kind of like tuck down inside and sort of you know like in a protected way and sort of wrap up and you know you could just start driving it on the road but then if you needed to you could sort of you know lift back up the propellers would come up they would spread out the engine would kick on and it would turn into like a helicopter wow that's crazy these things that people are building are insane yeah so this this guy um he's a it says that he's a french inventor and his name is i'm probably gonna botch this guy's last name frankie zapata and he flew a jetpack across the the english channel from france to england wow and to think like World War Two, like we're we're flying planes and, and ships across that English Channel, right? Like this guy just flew a j- on a jetpack from from France to England. I don't know how long it took him because I didn't I didn't look, but like that's that's crazy. And I don't know when he did this either. I don't I don't know. It, it, there's a lot of dates for 2019 on on some of these videos and stuff. So I'm guessing he must have done it back then. That's crazy. I just heard about this a couple of days ago. I think that there's technology that's hidden from us for years. For years before we even get it. Yeah. And that could be yeah. what some of these sightings are. That's what a lot of people have theories of about these sightings, about some of these unidentified, you know, things the military are recording and other things like that. Is like, what if it's just hidden technology that we, we already know as humans that we have? It's it's insane. Quite the rabbit hole we are in, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. um, I don't think you know. My mind is not going to take much more of it. Uh, You know, you know, you deep deep dive into this stuff, and you know, you talk about theories that you have as people, and and I would love, you know, for folks out there, um, you know, whoever it is, you know, hit us up on the you know you know the Twitter. Uh, or send something into our email, which we call the library. You know, we'll yeah. love, we love to read what you guys, you know, send in. Uh, we want to make a whole show of it. And, uh, you know, and again, this is for, you know, hey, if a celebrity ever wanted to come on with us, I'm sure we would let them. But this is really for the regular folks who just, yeah. you know, we just, sometimes we, we have funny things to talk about, but you know, a night like tonight, I think we talked about a lot of things that, you know, probably some everyday people might think to themselves or, you know, they kind of wonder about it. Look, we, we want, uh, you know, anyone who's interested, you know, send in your stories and, you know, even if it's something that you have, you know, that you'd like to come on and talk about, we would love to have it. So, you know, let's, uh, let's keep kicking this thing forward and, you know, I really enjoyed tonight's episode. Uh, Me too. You know, our, our, our if we could write a book about things we do not understand. Yeah. <laughs> there would be a lot of different topics in it, ranging from how to range and how, how to properly raise a daughter to um, how the heck is there not more life in outer space? <laughs> yeah. 
And just in real quick, like people that are maybe not really interested in, in actually like coming on here and talking with us, you know, I just wanted to bring up the library one more time because we haven't really talked about that a lot. You know, we've mentioned it a couple times, but the library is for those of you out there also that, you know, maybe want to remain anonymous and you just want to just contribute a little bit, contribute a story and you don't have to give your name. You don't have to give, you know, details about yourself. If you don't want to, you can just share, you know, a story, you know, that we will eventually have that, uh, an, uh, an episode where we're going to call it our library episode. We're going to pull some stories from the library and, and talk about it on here. And just wanted to, re you know, quickly remind everybody that's also what that's for is not just if you are interested in reaching out on being on the show, but also so you can anonymously just share some stories without putting yourself out there if you don't want to. So, mm -hmm. and I know, yeah, I know some of that was kind of reiterating what you just said a little bit, but I just wanted to Kick, yeah. kick a dead horse i guess a little bit sorry yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah that's okay man um but hey things are things are taking off we're gaining momentum and so we appreciate the support from everybody as uh you know as as we try to grow this thing so um but for me man i think that's it ready to close so the book I'm gonna, out of here and I'm gonna close this book up Let's and close uh, it up i i wouldn't mind to i wouldn't mind reopening it again uh, in the future, um, you know, if somebody else had some things to share, but yeah. for tonight, let's close it up. Let's do it, man. Anyway, man, I will, uh, I think I'm going to head off to bed, but I will catch you next time. All right. All right, my friend. Have a great night. All right, man. Later. Peace. Yo, what's up, everybody? Hope you're having a great time listening to the I Could Write a Book podcast. If you want to share your feedback with us, please do so. Um, you can reach out to us on Twitter at ICWBpod. We also have an email address. It's ICWBpodcast at gmail.com. That's ICWBpodcast at gmail.com. We really look forward to hearing from some of you and hopefully getting one of you on the show in the future. So have a great one. See you.